Welcome to the Carnage Podcast, where we interview some of today's most savvy marketers, creatives, and founders, discover what's working and what's not. We unveil the tools and tactics they're using every day to get results. And remember, the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you become the sharpest marketer in the room. All right, we'd like to welcome our guest today, Patrick LeBove with USA Today Network. What's up, Pat? Oh, not much. Just uh, enjoying the sunny weather this this week. Can you give us a, a little bit of background on where you come from, what you do now, and what that looks like? Sure. Um, so I am uh, born and raised in South Louisiana, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, in fact. Uh, and for about the last 12 years, I've been doing um, some form of uh, digital marketing, digital advertising. I've worked in-house for a few uh, brands and a few companies. And I've also worked uh, at ad agencies and uh, web development company. Um, for about the last four years, I've been with the USA Today Network, uh, and I'm a marketing strategist there. I help uh, advertising clients put together marketing strategies and proposals. Cool. Let me give a little bit of background on how we met for our audience. So Patrick was at Social Media Day in Lafayette. And he's basically a, a taller, better looking version of myself. I think we have the same glasses, <laughs> same jeans, all the same interests. Same shoes. Yeah. yeah, same shoes. We both shop at Huckberry. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear USA Today, the first thing that comes to mind is at a physical newspaper. So mm -hmm. maybe help help the audience understand a little bit of how that's it's beyond that and uh, maybe some of the other Absolutely. other other entities or products that fall underneath uh, the USA Today sure. network. Absolutely. So, yes, you're, you're correct. USA Today uh, still puts out a daily newspaper, uh, which they've done uh, since 1982. Um, and they're actually owned by Gannett. And so Gannett owns not only USA Today, but about 110 other uh, publications across the country in uh, small markets or small, medium, even large size markets. Um, but we, in addition to uh, uh, print uh, circulation and, and audiences, we also have a very robust uh, digital presence as well. You know, from experience with some of our clients, I think they still look at digital as kind of an extra. So when, when they're allocating their budget, they could be still putting 70% in traditional media. When I say traditional, I mean billboards, print. What has to happen inside internally in an organization to, to have that push where they recognize we need to be in digital all the way? It, it really starts with the goals of the brand or the goals of the advertiser, whatever they want to achieve. And so that's where we're able to engage with, with customers and clients and say, okay, what are your goals and what are you trying to achieve? If their goal is to uh, focus on brand awareness or some top of the funnel uh, tactics, we can certainly help them with that. But if they wanna focus on things like bottom of the funnel, like foot traffic and customer loyalty, then we can help them there as well. Also, we know we're not the end all be all. We offer a, a full suite of products and a full suite of uh, strategies and solutions. But we know at some point there may be a need for traditional media, um, including other things like radio and print and outdoor uh, and TV. So we're, we try to help our customers and find out who are they trying to talk to or who are they trying to engage with and what's the best avenue or what's the best strategy to do that. You know, whether it's a full online strategy or 
uh, a completely offline strategy. It, it just depends on uh, who we're working with. I'm going to use a buzzword, omni-channel. There is, there is a place for this. And actually, one of the clients that we are running Facebook ads for, but uh, I actually got a postcard yesterday in the mail <laughs> that paired up with the, the creative and copy where you're using in the Facebook campaign. And I thought, wow, that's actually mm -hmm. pretty cool. Like it made sense in that context right. paired with the Facebook right. ads and everything that we had been doing. So I, I think that there is a place for it, but this comes back to the strategy. And, and I, that's mm -hmm. primarily what you're, you're involved in. What kind of suggestions or advice could you give to someone who's in charge of the media buy for a company and deciding how they allocate that budget? What, what have you seen from a success standpoint that mm -hmm. works well as far as deciding where that goes and how it's presented in those different channels? Well, I think it, it again, comes back to the advertiser or the brand, and they really have to understand who they are before they can start going out and, and being a successful brand. They really have to figure out why should people care? What, you know, it, it's kind of marketing 101. What's their differentiator? What's their uh, unique sales proposition? And, you know, really leverage uh, that for a campaign, as you had mentioned, uh, cohesively, you know, not just doing uh, dipping your toe in the water in, you know, direct mail or dipping your toe in the water in Facebook advertising and doing some in social media and just kind of piecemealing stuff together. You really have to look at this as a holistic um, campaign, just like a business. It's, um, you know, it, and the other thing is time. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things that we deal with, uh, especially with a lot of our local advertisers. They, are, um, they have not only small budgets, but they also have very limited time. They may be thinking week to week, not even month to month or quarter to quarter. So, um, but if you do a campaign for one or two weeks and you're not seeing immediate results, they're wanting, they're wanting to change, they're wanting to pivot, they're wanting to pull out and say, let's, let's spend on something else. But it, it really takes time to build up things, especially something like search uh, and SEO, for instance. It could take six to 12 months before you see any, any real lift or any real impact to your campaign. What's the solution for this? Because this happens all the time with, with clients, right? Here's a, here's a really basic example. But even in Facebook, if you create a campaign, an ad set, an ad, once you, you figure out what you want, you really shouldn't touch it for 72 hours. Okay, just, just to really find out what's going on. You'll, we'll have clients that are in that 72 hours asking where the results are. So how do you get around this? Is it a better way of explaining it? Uh, presenting it? Is it being more upfront and basically telling them you will not see results or in their eyes what they deem results for the next three months, like just being upfront with them? What is it? Uh, I think that that is a big part of it is being open and honest and upfront and saying, because of our expertise, because we've done, we've done X amount of campaigns or we have, you know, years of experience and we know that within the first 72 hours to two weeks, we may not see the results. Um, because there's a lot of tweaking that goes on. We always want to, you know, see is our copy correct? Are we reaching the right audiences and all that kind of stuff? So it really could take, you know, time to just, you know, gain, gain traction even. And that's where you kind of have to step in it as a um, professional organization and say, you know, we're not just some fly-by-night company and want to take your money. Like we're in this for the long haul. There's a lot of hand-holding. There's a lot of uh, talking clients off the edge, so to speak. Uh, at the very beginning, but those ones that have 
invested into this. And and something I've I've heard is uh, you can't have the you can't have the R without the I. So you can't get the return on investment if you're not willing to put in the investment. And so it's like uh, you know building a house, and you're not going to build a house. Um, you know, in, in a day, I, I guess, unless you're in, uh, you know, the, the dream home makeover show on, on TV, but, um, but it, it's, you know, you can, you can, uh, um, analogize this. I didn't think that's a correct word. You can use an analogy and say, it's, you know, it's like planting a garden, you know, you have to, you have to get the, the dirt right. You have to get the right seeds and you have to, you know, make sure that you plant at the right time. I'm, I'm not a gardener, by the way, but you have to, you know, you have to water it and you have to care for them. And, you know, hopefully within a certain amount of time, you're going to start seeing results. But that's a, a you know, it, uh, I think analogies kind of help people understand to some degree. And, and as long as they know that, okay, this company isn't just taking my money and running because that's, we see that a lot as well. We, we deal with clients that have been burned in the past that they're not willing to, you know, part with their hard earned money, money because uh, they may have had some shady companies they've worked with in the past. And that's something we just have to kind of uh, work through. I think that falls back on the industry too. I think we have to start communicating that more. Uh, you know, I think people use that as the sell that, you know, we can connect your results and we can do this and that. They use that as the sell. But I think in the end, it, it kind of bites us because mm-hmm. when we can't get those results in that amount of time, you know, es- essentially it's there's no longevity in that. It's not sustainable. Right. As, a, in, as an industry as a whole, we're, we should be more responsible in how we present that kind of stuff. Absolutely. The more we, the more campaigns we work on, the more clients we work with, the more we learn because we learn a lot uh, every single day. We, one of the things we we talk about it uh, in the company is experiment your way to the answer. So we're always kind of experimenting and learning new ways, and and um, we don't have a, a bible, so to speak, of here's how you do everything. Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. We kind of all work, you know, towards a similar goal, or we're taking we have an end goal in mind and we all kind of take different paths and say, Hey, this one, this is working in this market. Let's try it in other markets and, and kind of utilize best practices. I think even the term marketing has changed. Um, it's it just, we're finding that so much, there's so much overlap and crossover that we're seeing when you're working on a project that it, it's not the same as it maybe was in the past where it was just, you know, we come up with this campaign. It's not Mad Men, you know, the, here's the campaign slogan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go from here. There's just so many other things to consider. And like you said, it, it could be presented totally different in, in different channels. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think sometimes it's just hard to convince the client or help them understand it. And I think partially mm-hmm. too, they don't need to understand all of that. That's why they're hiring someone right. that does it well, but I think they feel that they do. And, and so that it's like, how do you present yourself that this is, this is what we add, this is the value mm-hmm. and so that they can focus on their business opposed to trying to work with the agency in a way that actually restricts them. And we find that a lot. Are we at the same age? How old are you? I am 36. 36. I, I turned 36 in March. Yeah. Okay. I'm 37. So, so we dated ourselves. Now, what, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's, let's say they're, they're someone fresh out of high school or is midway into college. Um, maybe they're looking to get into the marketing agency life. What's some advice that you would give them? Uh, 
as far as like how they would prioritize where they spend their time, money, energy? I think a lot can be said for actually putting in the work and understanding uh, the platforms that you're going to be working on or could potentially work on. You know, find a, a local business, a small business and, you know, say, hey, I'll do some social media for you on the side or I'll do this for free. I just need some experience and, you know, really uh, humbling yourself and saying, like, I can do this um, for you. You know, give me a chance and then show your value, show your worth. Yeah. So as an agency, I know the way we hire has changed. Um, you know, we hire mainly off of a portfolio. Like what, what have you done or what are you doing? I'm always asking people like, well, what is your side hustle? I mean, I want to see that someone yeah. is doing something even outside of their nine to five. That's fine with agencies. But one uh, trend that I've noticed that, you know, in an organization, let's say it's a healthcare company, um, that has an internal marketing team, they still seem to be hiring uh, on a mix. You know, okay, you have, I see that your portfolio shows you've done all these things, but we still want to see that you have the education. Do you think that will ever change? No, I, I don't think. I think what um, a formal education does is it teaches you how to learn and it, it teaches you kind of fundamentals of certain things, especially in, say, marketing courses. You learn the the four Ps or you learn um, you know, things like customer service or, or uh, management, those kinds of things. I think that's always good to have a foundation because if you go, you know, someone straight from high school with little to no uh, college or secondary education, um, they may not have a lot of those skills. And, and now a lot can be said. Some some things, uh, some people are just naturally gifted and, you know, could be great marketers in and of themselves. But I think you you get kind of a well-roundedness from a, a formal education that you might not get, you know, uh, going straight into the workforce and vice versa. I think, you know, if you, you know, go straight into the workforce, you can learn a lot of things that you may not learn through school. So I think it's a, a healthy combination of both. So you, those companies are typically hiring safe, right? So, I mean, being mm-hmm. the majority of the people they, they hire, they, they know that they're going to be of a certain caliber and it's kind of, but I think for a lot of these new brands and companies and startups, you know, they're looking for the outliers. They're looking for someone that, yeah, maybe they, they take a chance on them and it, they might have to get rid of them, but there's also the chance that they mm-hmm. could do something incredible. So I, I think that companies that are thinking outside the box and are probably going to be willing, always more willing to hire people without the formal education. But I think more established organizations are going to always play it safe and they're going to look for the combo. I was going to say, I think creative agencies can often have a little bit more flexibility in terms of uh, bringing somebody on with less experience because it's you know coming up with unique solutions. When you're going work in-house somewhere, um, you probably need a little bit more of understanding how the business works and how does marketing uh, interact with finance and how does that interact with accounting and uh, legal and all those channels. So I think there's something to be said for both, um, you know, working in-house versus working at an agency and, you know, uh, schooling versus um, experience. I, for whatever reason, I just keep thinking about education. We've been thinking about moving uh, to be in a different school district. And, you know, we have friends mm-hmm. that uh, there's their kids go to cyber school and private schools and just trying to think through all that stuff. And it's really been on my mind because, um, you know, it's just seeing the trajectory of 
students coming out of high school, going to college, and then coming into an agency and, and just seeing that there's a lot of gaps in that, you know, I just wonder, um, and, and, you know, I've done some coaching and consulting, uh, for people who are in in startups or creating their own businesses. And as you know, there's a ton of these courses out there, mastermind courses that, you know, people pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. for webinars. Um, I think a lot of those are, are still missing the mark as well. Um, just always interested in that, in that topic of how that can be improved and, um, yeah, my wife and I, we, we uh, talk about education. It's very important to us. And we're kind of of the mindset that regardless of where our daughter and or future children go to school, as long as we're able to support them and be a part of their education experience, I think will be uh, they'll get out of it, you know, what they need or what what we hope they need. Now, um, uh, that's you know, uh, I have no idea what, um, math is going to look like in, you know, 10 to 12 years when my daughter might be in high school. So I, I'm, you know, I might be jumping the gun a little bit, or, you know, I didn't do so well in chemistry myself. So I don't know how I can really help, uh, you know, somebody in that aspect. But I, I think, you know, as long as parents, uh, or, or, or guidance, uh, um, not guidance counselors, but I think parents, mentors, um, just someone there to, to keep them going, I, I think is really important. Also, something I heard, uh, I'm very interested in, and similar to you, I'm interested in, in the topic of uh, grit and hard work. And that's something that um, I, I was reading a little bit about, that uh, it's, it's better to teach your kids that they reward them for hard work and not just reward them for being quote unquote smart, like saying, oh, you're so smart, you know, great job. It should be, oh, you put in a lot of hard work and you create, you you gain this success, great job on that. Because if they think that they're smart, then they think they, they can kind of coast or rest. Whereas if they think, oh wait, hard work is what led me to where I am. Oh um, yeah, that's, that's where you, yeah. I, I love so, that, yeah, because they get entitled. Right. 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 What is and, that? and you end up like me. I was told I was smart as a kid. And then I got into high school and realized, wait, I need to do homework. I have to study for the test. So, yeah. Uh, I, there's a Kevin Durant co- quote. Uh, I'm going to I know I'm going to botch it, but it's something to the effect of um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard or something to the reverse mm-hmm. of that, you know? And I think that's, yeah, a, yeah. A, I love that, that concept that I think a lot of people assume that, you know, whether it's a, an athlete or a musician that they're just naturally talented and they may have a leaning mm-hmm. towards that, but you'd be surprised to find right. out it's just because they've done it so much. Um, mm-hmm. There may be people that are way more talented than them naturally, but didn't put in the amount of yeah. work. And from the outside, mm-hmm. it just appears that they're better when really they had to work a lot more to get to that point just to break even. Um, so yeah, I love that idea of teaching your kids that it's a, it's a process. And if, mm-hmm. even if you are inclined, don't rest on your laurels. Um, right, right. I heard, uh, yeah, there's something I've, I was going to say, I've heard that it, it takes like 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. So that's, you know, always keep that in kind of the back of my mind. Not that I'm, uh, aiming to be an expert in, in really anything, but it's just, you know, there's no substitute for hard work. There's no substitute for putting in the work. Kind of like what we were talking about a little while ago about, 
um, having the experience to work somewhere versus, you know, the entitlement of saying, well, I graduated and I have a degree, you know, I should get a job. It should be, you know, okay, you graduated, you have the degree, but have you done the work? You know, do you have the experience to do what we're asking you to do? Cool, cool. Armin, mm -hmm. any uh, last thoughts or could you at least let our audience know where they can find you, social media, um, anything like that? <laughs> well, I, I kind of pride myself on being uh, kind of an anti-social social media expert, so I'm not the most active online. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Patrick Lab. It's all one word, uh, no punctuation. If you like pictures of uh, dogs and babies and food and just random stupidness, uh, Instagram at Patrick Lab. Uh, and yeah, uh, go check me out if they want to connect. Uh, I'd be happy to uh, connect with anyone. Cool. So if you got a big budget and you want to get some serious engagement, Patrick can hook you up. Right. Absolutely. Cool, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a great week. All right. Thank you, Nicholas. This podcast was brought to you by Carney, the digital agency behind the Daily Carnage newsletter. If you haven't already signed up, you can do that right now at carney.co. That's C-A-R-N-E-Y dot C-O. And let's be honest, it's probably going to be the best thing that's hit your inbox in a long time. Stay sharp.